Welcome to a very, very special edition of the Win Daily Show. I am lucky enough during these crazy times that we're all kind of been through over the last couple of years to have Jacob Eisenberg. Everybody can follow him on Twitter at Eisenberg43. He's a pass-first point guard coming out of Brooklyn and is also the community lead of NBA Top Shot and Dapper Labs. I'm sure everybody's heard about Top Shot by, not, by now. If not, you're sleeping under a rock, and I don't know what you're listening to or where you are on Twitter if you haven't seen NBA players get involved and Mark Cuban get involved and so many influencers get involved. But, Jacob, I appreciate you stopping by and spending your lunch with me. And um, first off, man, I want to ask you the first question is, how long ago did you start working at Top Shot, and what is your role today? Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Uh, so I started over the summer, uh, last August, as a contractor. Um, my background is in community building. I've worked for, this is now my fourth startup, and all have been in kind of a community-focused lens. Uh so I started as a contractor, and then right around uh, mid-September, I joined the team full-time. Um, and I've been kind of working on all things community ever since. So that entails everything from social media to email marketing to coming up with the fun little showcase contest themes or uh, helping kind of pick timing and and... Uh, which moments should be involved in challenges. So kind of a hodgepodge of different things. I manage uh, everything from our Discord to, uh, again, the kind of relationship between the Top Shot community and the Dapper team. Uh, so everything uh, under the sun, really. And it's been really rewarding and fun to see the community grow. Um, but certainly, job is not done and a lot more to do. Yeah, I would say that. And we're going to leave the, the, the subject of challenges because that's been a hot discussion in, in my Discord at Win Daily and all the Discords. I'm a member of several Discords just specifically for Top Shop because I'm all in at this point. So I want to ask you, what was the day that you woke up and you realized that your team struck gold with Top Shot? Did that happen like the first day? Like, wow, this is a great concept. This is going to be the next big thing. Or did it did it hit you later on where like, oh my God, where am I right now? I'm working at the hottest startup in the industry. Yeah. Um, well, I, I would say that I went into this job uh, very excited about the opportunity. I'm a big believer in collectibles. I grew up trading cards for years, memorabilia, autographs, all, all the work. So um I, I knew that Top Shot had big potential. I, I don't think that anyone our, on our team would uh, be telling the truth if they said they thought it would happen this soon, right? Yeah. So I, I think the the day I woke up and realized that we were now kind of the the new kid in town on on the big stage was probably the day that uh, Brian Windhorst and Pablo Torre covered. Uh, NBA Top Shot on the ESPN Daily. Um, just that's a, as mainstream as you get in the sports world. Um, yep. Shortly thereafter, we had segments on, you know, CNBC and uh, CBS, the morning show. So like plenty of plenty of uh, kind of mainstream hitting after that. But I think that was the morning that I realized we had transcended where we had been. So is it safe to say, like, we're in very interesting times that like, you guys are at the forefront of something so special. And when I first saw it come out, 
you know, influencers in my space, which is, you know, sports betting and DFS, DraftKings. I've been playing it for 10 years. Once a couple guys that I follow said they went out there and purchased this moment, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, who did this? Why are they doing this? And then, like, I went and tried getting a pack, couldn't get a pack. And then somebody kept on getting in my ear, like, this is here to stay. I'm like, oh, my God, like, what is really going on at this point? So now I jumped right back into it and got really, really went all in at, at a certain point. Is it safe to say that you guys, from a company standpoint now, are in uncharted territory where you don't really have a roadmap for where you're at right now because you weren't expecting it to be moving along this far this fast? Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Uh, certainly, this is unprecedented. Uh, our our growth has, you know, for a while we were aiming to grow our, our collector base 10% week over week. And uh, there was a, a week, I think we were at 800%. And it was just kind of like, okay, we have to come up with kind of new goals and metrics. Um, what I would say, though, is there's a lot of excitement around that, but there's also a ton of responsibility. We know that this is people's real money. Uh, people are investing a lot of time, effort, and energy into Top Shot. And it's our responsibility to ensure that every collector coming to Top Shot has a fair experience. And uh, I think one of the things that through this virality um, happened was we don't necessarily get to control the, narr the narrative, right? So if ESPN or the Wall Street Journal is writing uh, article and there's subtext of not all the kinks are worked out, but if we're getting profiled there and the the title of the story is like, these are the whales that have made millions of dollars on NBA Top Shot, it sets this unfair expectation for every collector that comes to Top Shot afterward that thinks they can do the same. And I always tell our community, don't put money into Top Shot that you can't afford to lose. Like any market, this is a very cyclical and, and volatile market. And um, I want to be as kind of clear to our community as possible that we we don't have all the answers, right? And and things are moving very quickly and we are going to get Top Shot um, to a place that it's going to be the best sports collecting platform in history. Um, but we're still in beta and we we know that there's a lot of responsibility for us to continue to improve the product, continue to increase accessibility to withdrawals, which is a top priority, clear up our backlog of support tickets. But I think collectors that are coming to Top Shot with the expectation that this is the finished product and we're not aggressively building are coming in with the wrong mindset. Um, because I would say to anyone that doesn't have the appetite for the hiccups along the way, we will be out of beta at some point. We will let you know when we're out of beta. You will know when we're out of beta and you can certainly rejoin then. Uh, until then, you should expect kind of the rough and tumble that is a beta where we're working out kinks along the way. So from a, from a business perspective, I, I run a business and I run Wind Daily Sports and I'm always looking at the numbers and your numbers are staggering. You know, the, the amount of people that are buying in, waiting online and all that kind of stuff is amazing. Like from a business perspective, crushing it on every single layer. I know profitability is there or it's it's really close to being there. I don't know how much all the tech cost and your your overhead is, but from a business perspective, you couldn't be in a better place from the inside out. Now, from the outside in, looking at the marketplace and everybody that dove in head first and maybe took some 
you know, some gambles that weren't the right move for themselves. What are the founders and the employees, what kind of conversations are happening now to kind of have that be more of a focus rather than just growing the market and growing the internal numbers? Because when you see stuff come out on Twitter where it's posting that we've grown this fast, engagement's this much, but on the inner workings, you know, from the ground level, at my level as just a user, the conversation is so much different. So how much time and focus and you're a community leader, so I'm sure the discord that you see, you're seeing it all. And it's, I can't even go in there at times because it's just too yeah. much trolling and too much movement. But what's what's the founders and what's the team saying on the inside? And what should the community know about that? Yeah, so I think our top priority, and this is what everyone should know, our top priority is getting collectors access to withdrawals. So uh, in the last week alone, uh, we've added about 12,000, 13,000 new collectors to that withdrawal list. Um, again, if we're looking at six weeks ago, 13,000 people was like a third of our collector base. And we've just grown so quickly in that time that 13,000 compared to the number of people in the queue doesn't sound that impressive. But that's 13,000 individual kind of reviews of what transactions have they made? Does this person look like a legitimate collector? Is there anything suspicious here? All of those take time. So I think first and foremost, that's our priority. We want collectors to be able to withdraw and, and we're uh, making really nice strides in the direction of gaining access for everyone. Um, I think like to the other point, there's 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 no winning sometimes right so for for months the question is when are the next packs coming out when are packs right and now that we release packs people see that the flip side of that means that there are more moments in the marketplace which means in any kind of premise of supply and demand when there's more supply demand goes down uh in this case like we're seeing moments that are common moments in particular drop in in value and that that's very much a product of a constant release schedule that we're going to adhere to. So if you're investing or collecting moments that have a CC in their in their kind of moment, you should anticipate that more of those will come and that there's no guarantee that those are going to get retired as limited editions anytime soon. Uh, so yeah, I think on all those fronts, NBA Top Shot is not impervious to market cycles, right? If you look at Bitcoin in the last week, you look at Ethereum in the last week, you look at trading cards in the last week, everyone is going through ebbs and flows. And Top Shot is, there's no such thing as a get rich quick scheme. Every single one of these platforms, every single one of these markets has volatility. So again, I, I would say uh, you should go into Top Shot with eyes wide open about that reality. So, you know, moving along, we've heard rumors and now we're seeing Gronk, you know, release his own F NFT, Patrick Mahomes, Bryson DeChambeau. They're coming out more and more. I've seen on the, the Flow and Dapper website that there's other companies out there, other leagues out there. Is that the goal? Is, is Dapper and NBA Top Shot going to take over other markets or work with individuals? Because I feel safer... The reason why, one of the reasons why I went all in on NBA Top Shot is because of that partnership with the NBA, because of the partnership with the NBA PA, you know, it's going to be around, you know, we're not going to deal with a company that is going to go under. There's so much money around this, this, 
the sector that you guys are a safe play, whether it's going to be worth, you know, my moment might be worth 5,000 or 10,000 or $2. That's up, up for question, but where are you guys at? And I know you can't disclose everything, but is that the goal is to start going into other leagues? Yeah, I think if you look at the the large macro landscape of NFTs, there's a lot of excitement because it is kind of creating a new frontier for collectibles. So if you look at all of the different IPs in the world that have physical merchandise, it's fairly easy to kind of reinvent or, or reimagine those physical collectibles as digital collectibles on the blockchain. Um, when it comes to specific IPs, uh, Dr. Seuss and the UFC are two IPs that Flow has already signed. Uh, so we will be building NFTs around both of those uh, and obviously very different fandoms and, and fan bases. Um, but I think our goal is to continue to make Flow as enticing and attractive uh, a creator and builder platform as any competitor in the space um, so that more and more brands with built-in fandoms of millions uh, can kind of create a really uh, streamlined process to building their NFTs and and kind of continuing to expand uh, to the digital world. Okay. So now let's talk about the current marketplace and everybody's taking their guesses and taking their swings at why the swing happened. And now looking back to the all-star break, I thought we're going to continue going up. You know, I was predicting the all-star game, dunk contest, three-point contest, and everything that goes into the all-star game, we didn't hit our peak yet. So I was keep on reinvesting, and it was a profitable situation, and I was targeting my all-stars and guys that I thought would be the safest of plays. And then from that point, the marketplace had a hiccup. You guys are trying to do – whatever you could to prevent the pots to come in. And that's been a focus, which I agree on because just the other day I missed out on a pack. And then I go on Facebook and I'm in these different groups and stuff like that. And one guy is offering me to sell me three packs. So we know even after the bots and after everything went down, it's still a problem. Now you guys try to put it in place like a, a three moment, you know, restriction in order to buy packs three moments in the marketplace now or a week ago it's a twenty dollar investment or a forty dollar investment after you you know put out that thirty five thousand common you know set is that enough because i've heard requests from guys around me and investors in the marketplace maybe to have a more substantial you know account with some kind of value really attached to it where you know that the people now who are getting these packs and maybe not the commons, but like the legendary and the rare packs if they ever were to come out again, that these people have a better head on their shoulders that they're not just going in there and flipping them and, and drop driving down the price. Cause driving down the price doesn't really help anybody. What's your take on re reassessing the restrictions in order to go out there and get a pack? Because you can't really stop the bots. Everybody's going to be innovating on that side to create something bigger so maybe make the threshold larger for them not to be able just to dive in with 10 accounts because anyone we they really have to invest because the person i was talking to is a college kid you know he's a college kid who wants to make a quick buck but doesn't really have the real investment capital to take this to the next level if you guys made some adjustments do you think that could be something that can help 
Yeah, so we're looking into that for sure. And uh, we've heard that feedback. I think, you know, you you all of these decisions are really complex. So I think in, in premise, everything you said is totally fair. Uh, if, if you don't mind indulge, the pushback there would be, say we make that moment threshold 10. And let's say in a, a non-cynical lens that half of the new collectors that are coming to Topshot are genuine new collectors that are interested in the product. Creating a 10 moment threshold before they even have a chance to get a pack, that is a lot of friction up front that might discourage someone that has the best of intentions to become a collector on Topshot. So um, alternative ideas we're looking into are how can we kind of re-verify a collector's collector score, so to speak, right? So have they completed any challenges? Are, are they making showcases? Like there are different levers that we can pull to identify whether our collector is legitimate. Um, as you said, um, there's no bot proof solution and bots are always going to try to be one step ahead. And it's unrealistic to expect us to ever get down to zero there. Um, and, and if you look at competitors or, or others in the space, let's say Nike's sneaker app, right? There was just an article yesterday in the LA times about how that culture is bringing down that community. Um, and Nike has uh, a lot of resources. So like we're, we're, we're always kind of thinking, how can we make the most populist decision, right? Like, how can we do something that most of the community is going to get behind? And certainly with all of those decisions, there's going to be some collateral in the process. Um, but yeah, I think it's a fair question. Um, and we'll look into all those. Uh, the threshold being three moments, and is that enough? Um, I think that's a good point. The reality right now, I think, is that KYC identity checks, that's something that we get a lot of feedback from. We should make that a requirement to go into drops. The team that does our identity checks is also the team that's doing all of the withdrawal handling. So we have to pick our battle, right? Like we get lit up from the community about withdrawals being slow. That's our priority for today. Down the road, once we get that more in check, we'll be able to then go on to the identity check side of things and, and expand that funnel. Because the last thing we want to do is really alienate the, the genuine good collectors. And right now, you don't have the ability to opt into an identity check. It kind of gets applied to you and you hit certain thresholds. So there are going to be collectors that are unable to get packs if we gate it right now. And maybe if enough of these drops go by and enough of the community continues to be agitated. Maybe we'll explore what that looks like, even knowing that there's going to be people that are left in the dark um, to no fault of their own. Uh, but I think to, to make a short story long, the answer is everything that you just said is certainly on our radar and we're looking into the fairest and most kind of thoughtful uh, rollout of all of those plans. Now, you make a lot of sense. I think the underlying message we're going to keep on getting back to is we're all in uncharted uncharted territory where you guys done such a great job that it's almost backfired that now we have to kind of scale back before we can move forward where, you know, from a startup standpoint, I would never ever to think, hey, at Wind Daily, we can't take any more signups. That's like a great problem to have from a, a startup community that you're restricting accounts because you're growing so fast, but it's a double-edged sword where it has potential problems down the line. So now going to the other big topic that 
I'm hearing a lot of are these challenges. Are the challenges really adding this layer of, you know, community and gamification and rewarding the community, or is it more so preventing liquidity because everybody's got their their money tied into, you know, going ahead and getting these challenges and it's taking off, you know, the liquidity that could potentially go to invest in other cards. Is there too many challenges? What's the reason to have all these challenges co-mingling at the same time? Because I've invested in a couple recently that haven't even finished and the prices keep on dropping. I don't know if that's, there's so many moving pieces where I can't target what is the problem? Is it the bots? Is it the packs? Is it the challenges? But speak about the challenges because I know you're you're heading a lot of challenges. Have the challenges backfired in some sense? Are you looking to scale back or whatever you have set as your plan, you guys are going directly to that? No, I, I think we're always open to feedback. And I would say that the challenges to one level are backfiring if the community doesn't think that these challenges are in their best interest. So I think maybe that's a messaging issue and a communication issue. And I take that as my responsibility to kind of correct that narrative. I think the reality is that challenges reward the real collectors in our community, not the flippers, right? Like if you're in, if you're going in on a challenge, you understand what challenges are, you understand the, the value behind that challenge reward. And it's one of the great ways for a collector to be really kind of uh, excited about kind of the gamification of Top Shot. With that being said, not every challenge is right for every collector. So when we have a challenge, and right now we have a bunch, as you mentioned, the idea is not for every collector to be able to get in on every challenge. That was never the intention, never the design of these challenges. So part of having so many challenges is that it's it's a like we had some marketplace issues in recent weeks so we had to kind of make challenge windows longer knowing that we didn't have a, a clear light at the end of the tunnel for some of these so that's where the seeing stars is a three-week challenge and that's overlapping with others right like a lot of that's done out of the the responsibility we have to make sure that everyone has a chance to actually compete in the challenge. And if over a three-day stretch, we're releasing these Seeing Stars packs, that means people that got their pack on the first day are going to have a different experience than people that got it on the third day. Um, we're going to continue to explore different levels of challenges for sure. Um, I think my, my ideal world is we always have a common, a rare, and a legendary running concurrently. I think in the case of All-Star, it's just so many unique edge cases, right? Like Mike Conley getting added to the All-Star team late means that his seeing stars moment was not a part of the original set, but Mike Conley, first time All-Star in how many seasons? 14 years in the league? Like we want to give break. him a, yeah, we want to give him a seeing stars moment and challenge reward seems like a really natural way to do that. Um, so long story short there is that challenges are should always be anticipated to be released concurrently with the drop, right? Like if we're doing the all-star game packs, you should expect an all-star game challenge being released uh, similar with Cool Cats. Um, but yes, I think as we get this community feedback, we're going to continuously look into how many challenges is kind of the tipping point where there's diminished return on the excitement around them. Uh, but 
I want to, I appreciate the question because I think the most important takeaway for the community on this is that you should not, as a collector, expect to be able to go in on every single challenge that's being rolled out. And part of what's nice about that is it means that the challenges that you do go in on, and if you're strategic about it, those challenge rewards are going to be ultra scarce because not everyone is going to be able to compete for the same challenge. Yeah, that would be the hope. You know, that was my hope when I went after, like, I'm waiting for the LeBron one to come out. And I think, like, there's these tipping points where some things, even when you try to calculate as, okay, LeBron is the safest investment right now, and LaMelo Ball is the safest investment right now, and then the marketplace had a hiccup, and then both of them get hurt. It's like, what's the odds of both these guys who are probably the two hottest commodities in retrospect, a rookie and a legend, probably one of the greatest of all times. They both get hurt pretty much the same week as the marketplace just falling apart as far as valuations go. So I think you guys are in a, in a tough situation. It's a good situation to be in, but it's a very tough situation. So I, I feel for you guys. And as an investor in stocks and crypto and now Top Shot and taking on risk daily, I'm able to stomach these losses, but what would you say to the person who put in, say, $10,000 at the end of February, grew it to $11,000, $12,000, and now they're sitting there with a moment rank of $5,000? Personally, as somebody who's an investor in collectibles, with knowing what's going on on Top Shot, I'm not saying give them investment advice, but what would you do in a situation where it's a tough situation to be in. I'm in that situation personally with more money than that. And I'm like, I believe so much in it, but this thing is falling apart around me. What would be the answer that you'd give to that community? Yeah, I would say if you're investing significant amounts of money in Top Shot, there has to be something about Top Shot other than the kind of what you're hearing from friends of, oh, you can get rich off. Like you have to have some element of belief in the product for you to be investing that sort of money into Top Shot. Um, again, I, I've i said this for months, I'll continue to say it now. I would not put money into Top Shot that you can't afford to lose. I think that's an important takeaway for any of your, uh, your, your community. But I understand that some people have put in money and uh, this info is not that helpful for them today. What I would say to those uh, collectors that have already put in a lot of money, do not live in the day-to-day of the Top Shot cycle. It's only going to bring you stress to your life. If you believe in Top Shot, we anticipate Top Shot will be around for generations to come. This is going to be something, as the digital age continues to grow, this is something to pass down to your children, your grandchildren. I would not anticipate looking at your moment rank or your evaluate, evaluate market today, mm-hmm. looking at it tomorrow, looking at it on Wednesday and having any kind of takeaway that suggests the long-term potential of Top Shot because so much of this, as I mentioned before, is endemic to the entire crypto space, right? Bitcoin had a bad week, Ethereum had a bad week. It's natural for people that have a lot of capital in those to be pulling away from Top Shot or, or vice versa. So we're always going to see kind of ups and downs in a market. I think when you're looking at this is kind of, this is part of the season, right? Like March Madness is taking a lot of attention away from basketball fans for the next few weeks. 
top shot is in the back half of the the season, which has historically always been where interest tends to wane until the playoffs. Um, I think that collectors should, if you believe in top shot, stand firm. If you don't believe in top shot, don't get involved to begin with. Um, and, and that's not investment advice. That's just the reality of top shot as, as a product we're still in beta it's so early in the game and i know the metrics and the numbers don't show how early it is but it's hard to remember just six weeks ago we didn't have a queue and like the amount of progress we've made in those six weeks has been tremendous and in the next six weeks we'll again make a lot of progress and we're basically playing whack-a-mole because we know we have these problems to address and we're sending our swat team out to address that problem and moving (laughs) on to the next one so these things are going to be too stressful for someone that, again, can't afford to lose the money to get involved with and and try to ride by the seat of your pants every single day of how the market is doing. I would not recommend it for anyone. So I already have access to withdrawals. You know, I got my access about, I would say, a week and a half ago. I haven't attempted to take anything out right now because... I don't want to liquidate anything at these prices. I'm in it for the long haul. But what is the threshold for withdrawals? You don't need a long-winded answer here, but what is the threshold at this point? Because a lot of people are questioning me, like, how do I get it? And they don't have it. They were on there potentially earlier than me. I must have hit that button a couple of times throughout. What is the actual threshold right now on these withdrawals? Yeah, so to be perfectly transparent, every collector has a different threshold and a lot of that relate similar to credit cards we look at your transaction history we determine whether this looks like a legitimate user if there's any like i gifted a moment or i sold the moment for two thousand dollars and got it gifted right back like that's going to hurt your ability to withdraw because our team is scrutinizing every single one of these accounts as they're giving access um okay Certainly for for an overwhelming majority of our collectors, having access or having gone through identity checks helps speed up that process, but it's not a one-to-one fit. And I would say if you're trying to withdraw any time before your four or five week anniversary on Top Shot, you're wasting your time, you're wasting our time because there are a lot of people from January that we're still working to get access to. Gotcha. Um, now in regards to trading, that's another thing that I feel I'm in a couple of different discord communities. Is that process of, of trading or best offers in the short term? And where are you at as far as scaling that portion of it? Yeah. So I think eventually we want to have a bid or an offer option on top shot. Um, in the interim, like, I think, I think one of the sources of frustration for me is so many of these issues are so interrelated and a lot of them come down to bad actors on the platform making it harder for us making it harder for everyone else so when it comes to trading we had a lot of scams so now we have to put our foot down and say we do not condone trading if you do trading you're doing it at your own risk we still get emails saying i traded with someone and they didn't send me the money and now i'm it's like that's num- rule number one of our code of conduct. Um, don't trade. <laughs> don't. Tr- I, I would say if you know your friend, trade. Like if, yeah. if you can trust that the the like we're not like this is a, a decentralized platform, or at least we're we're inching in that direction. That's our hope long term. So we don't 
with, with true moment ownership, we don't want to be dogmatic, but right now we almost have to childproof the experience because a lot of collectors are getting themselves in trouble. And, and uh, surely the, the people that are the most naive or the most susceptible are the new ones coming in without knowing the baggage of these scammers in this history. So making it harder for them to uh, get screwed over is a priority of ours keeps coming back to that uncharted territory where you can't it's not one answer doesn't fix all the problems there's so many like you said so many issues that are tied together now the big issue that i want to see fixed which i think potentially can bring some new life to the marketplace is onboarding new users so because you're having scaling issues is that in the forefront of what you guys are trying to do unveiling a way to onboard and scaling your team to in order to onboard because we're in a situation now that it says more users coming in but at the same time the market cap is going down so if the market cap is going down but the users are going up what's really going on there with the numbers and when can you get to the point where anybody who wants to come in from any country and set up an account can just jump right in and get involved in Top Shop because opening that door can potentially open up to more problems, but opening that door could also bring in liquidity to the market, which is everything that we're looking for at this point with being invested for the past month or two and some people chasing their own tail, trying to get back to even. Yeah, I think we'll see that in due time. I don't have a specific timeline. I would not be surprised if there's another big influx of collectors coming soon. Uh, as for marketing, like we want to be respectful to the existing community that has had struggles along the way, be it with withdrawals, with uh, getting identity checks. So we want to prioritize our existing community, the, the collectors that have been patient with us. But uh, as you said, like these are all interrelated and bringing new collectors in will help with that. But we also don't want to bring in new collectors to experience the same exact pain points that our existing collectors have also experienced. So I got two more questions and I'll let you go. Just so that people don't really understand how this might get displayed in the future. How do you see like in two years, the actual digital moment being displayed in somebody's house or a 10 year old son would be able to show it off to his friends. How do you see that kind of innovation kind of play out in this new digital art or digital moment kind of sequence? Yeah, uh, I think that we're already seeing uh, collectors invest in, you know, iPad like uh, displays, yeah. display cases. Uh, so I, I think that's going to continue um, and, and we'll, we'll see kind of uh, a mobile game coming out. We'll see a mobile app for you to view your moments at some point. So there's going to be a lot of kind of bringing your moments with you and your, your trophy case, so to speak, on the road at all times. So here's my last question, and this might be a tough one. Back to that original statement, if you had $10,000 in and you made smart choices, you had one LeBron, a Luka, and all the right players, the safest players right now, and you went ahead and, and invested $10,000 and it's currently at $5,000. When do you see it getting back? You see, we, you see us getting back. I'm not saying to the peak, but you see these values getting back to the point where you'll be back at even or possibly in a situation to 
offload some moments you had in the past and reinvest that without going back in and redepositing and basically going back to the cashier like in a casino to get back to even in the near future? Or you think this is more like you're in it, you might have to wait a year or two to, to get to the point where you're back to even. If, even if you made good, like I feel like I made good investments. Like I have a John Morant number one cereal. I got a, a Jokic rare who's going to win the MVP. But with the market right now, I don't feel so safe, but I see the long term. What would you see as a timeline to get back, not to the peak, but close to the peak or close to where people bought in in late February or early March to get back to even? Because I think if everybody found a way to get back to even that's been involved, they'd, everybody would breathe a sigh of relief and they would go back at it the next time a lot more cautiously, maybe take some money off, some risk off and look at it more. Okay, now I know exactly what I'm dealing with. And the risk, even though it's all, all on us now, it's kind of risk off a little bit. Yeah, I think that it would be naive for me to suggest I had any prognostication there. I think like this market is run on supply and demand and run on hype for sure and run on a collector base that is super excited about Top Shot. And uh, it could be next week. It could be next year. I think we're going to have different kind of peaks along the way. I think that uh, if you follow the crypto market, like, Bitcoin one week looks like it's going to 100K and then the next week it looks like it's going back down to 25K. And it's hard to, if you again, I, I would advise any collector to not be in the day-to-day, -day, but you come up with kind of the numbers and the appetite that you're comfortable with as an individual, come up with targets, what you're looking for. And again, like if you're a believer in Top Shot and you're investing or, or spending as much money as uh, some of the collectors that I know are, you should not look at this as a, a two-month turnaround. You should look at this as a kind of generational product that will be around for a long time because we have a partnership with the NBA and PA that will continue to carry weight for a long time. And I'm assuming one last question because one more popped up. I hope you don't mind. With the supply, are you guys looking to curtail some of the supply on the packs to kind of level out where we are right now? Uh, no, I don't think so. Like supply, like common packs pre-orders are going to come thank you so much you. for the time all right all take right, care You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode I'm Rachel and I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.